Welcome to Sacred Realms. It's a great day in Hyrule, y'all. Welcome to Sacred Realms, a Zelda retrospective podcast. I'm your host, Lyndon Willoughby, joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt Willoughby. Matt, how are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm fantastic. It's uh, It's been a really good week slash weekend. Um, you know, we had a lot of fun. We went and hung out with uh, the Rents and uh, the little brother, uh, who I know our listeners haven't seen for a while. So hopefully we can get him back on here at some <laughs> point in time if he ever decides to play a game with us. Uh, but no, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. We uh, That guy. That guy, what a what a guy, what a character, good old Jackson. Um, yeah, he is helping us out in the Discord though by being a, a mod, so I guess we can good stuff. Maybe I can give him a shout out for that. We appreciate that. Oh, for sure. So, uh, but no, I'm I'm doing good. I am looking at another just crazy hectic month of travel. So I know we've been trying to sit down and coordinate some recording schedules, but that the only good thing about travel at this point in my life is it gives me lots of opportunity to not only rack up the mileage points on my city American Airlines uh, card, but also uh, it gives me lots of opportunity to play lots of Switch on the airplane. So uh, you can't knock those two things. I mean, that's that's what we do. Playing lots of Switch is kind of kind of where we're at in our lives right now. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Absolutely. Well, I'm glad you're doing well, Matt. I I feel like we have to make a slight apology to our to our listeners. What, What? What? About what? Well, here's the thing, Matt. We lied to them. I mean, we've done that a few times, mostly out of ignorance, not out of maliciousness. We told a filthy lie. What did we lie about? Why do I feel bad? Uh, uh, Well, we, uh, in our last episode, made the erroneous promise that that was going to be the last episode of season five of Sacred Realms Pod. I mean, this technically isn't. Season five. This is an interim episode. This is being categorized as being a part of season five because it makes more sense for it to be that than part of season six. Really? You think so? Yeah. Because we've like, it doesn't apply to anything that we're about to play. Can it be season 5.1? Yeah, but I can't list it as such in Buzzsprout. Oh, well, okay, that's fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I don't feel too bad about that one, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) Because hopefully they enjoyed us talking to them about more than just Breath of the Wild. That is indeed the hope. So basically, uh, what's happening here is that Matt and I realized we had gotten into a schedule where we were recording episodes the night or two before they were they were due to drop, and then I was having to edit them in like two days. Um, and so we are trying to knock ourselves back into a rhythm of recording each episode a week before. It comes out. And uh, to that end, we have decided to insert a for funsies little uh, conversational bonus episode as as the one that's going to drop on Wednesday, August 3rd. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, and then we're going to record our first episode of The Legend of Zelda like two nights from now and it'll come out next Wednesday. Yes. So we're going to get back into a little more of a 
a sustainable schedule moving forward because uh, it was starting to become a little non-sustainable. And we love this podcast and we love hanging out with y'all and we love talking about Zelda and we didn't want to get ourselves in a position of burnout or just uh, feeling unhappy. So uh, please, if you don't like bonus episodes, uh, I do greatly apologize, but please bear with us as we try to get ourselves back in a little bit more of a uh, rhythm and a little bit better of a cadence. Hold on. <laughs> I'm actually cruising the Discord while we're talking because that's another thing that we've been doing recently. Oh, we've been doing lots of Discord. It's been a lot of fun. I mean, I am actually uh I'm actually thrilled with the amount of engagement that we've that we've had in here so far. You know, like people are people are chatting. Uh I mean, we've been having a really good go of it, I think. Oh, absolutely. So, we um we have decided, and you, if you follow us on Twitter or if you're on our Patreon, we have decided to turn this into not just a really fun hobby, but kind of a community and a little bit of an actual venture, right, for ourselves. Uh, because to be fair with everybody, uh, this takes up a whole lot of time and it is a labor of love, but labors of love should also be monetarily rewarding when you have families and date nights to fund. So we have gone ahead and gone full-fledged on the let's turn our fun hobby podcast into a even more fun hobby podcast with a great community and lots of other side benefits that sometimes give us money. So. And one of those amazing side benefits is the Discord channel that we've propped up uh, with our patrons, and we are getting some really awesome discussion over there. Um, Max and Josh and Cody from Zelda Universe, Max from Bungie, um, all of our patrons have been really shooting the breeze about a lot of really fun Zelda, some cute pet pics. Um, like, really, it's it's about 10 times more engagement than I thought we were going to get off the bat. And we've only had it up for, what, a week and a half, two weeks at this point? And uh, it feels real cozy. It feels like sitting around a fire talking to some of your best friends about Zelda, and that's what you want. Absolutely. And uh, occasionally we get interesting tidbits from our community that we wouldn't have otherwise gotten. One of those is one that I'm seeing right now from uh, from our, our loyal patron, Gep, who I'm just now realizing via his post that I've been, uh, you know, I've been saying his name wrong. <laughs> but uh, sorry about that. Yeah. So Gep says, not Zelda related, but got to give Mike the detective a shout out for pronouncing my nickname right in the Patreon name read in Chapter 13 of Breath of the Wild. Uh, he said, in fairness to Linda, nearly everyone gets it wrong. I've been saying it Jep. So really sorry about that. Well, uh, you can enjoy the appropriate level of shout out Gep on uh, the next episode. <laughs> Here it is. You're listening to it right now. <laughs> oh, Lord. No, the Discord has been really awesome. And actually, um, we probably should have been in here. Uh, if, we had if we had decided the topic for tonight's episode days in advance, we probably would have posted about it in here and gotten some, like, you know, some <laughs> con some contributions <laughs> from... I'm going to do it right now. Right, Why everybody? not? We're just going to do it on the fly. Uh, who's who's going to reply, though? Uh, we, hey, we have people chatting right now, so why not? Okay, cool. Take a two-minute pause while Matt types this. See if we get anything. All right. So, we just posted on the Discord to throw us some suggestions. Uh, so, any of our patrons are welcome to go do that. Uh, if you want to get in on action like that, uh, we are always accepting new patrons who will get an immediate invite to the Discord. So I, I feel like we should have made a bit more of an announcement about what the topic of this episode is. Do you think we should do it on Twitter right now? 
Um, sure. Yeah, go ahead and post it. Man, we're just really flying by the seat of our pants tonight, aren't yeah, we? This is like <laughs> this is about as impromptu as anything has ever been that we've done. So, yay! <laughs> Excellent. Well, while we let's let's go ahead and finish up the uh, intro while we you know while we wait a minute and see if anyone responds to us, and if not, we'll just get right into this. Um. Yes. So all that is to say, we will be starting our official run of, of podcasts covering The Legend of Zelda next week. I will say that I've already played the first dungeon as of last night, and mm-hmm. um, I'm having a really good time with it. Absolutely. I I have heard you speak its praises so far, and I'm actually excited to get into it. I was trying to get into it over this weekend, but I was having some internet connectivity issues and uh, just couldn't get the SNES and the NES emulators back on my Switch uh, since I upgraded to the OLED version. I, I lost them from my original, and I don't know, it was just being really funky, but I am very much looking forward to getting back into it as well. It's a small criticism of that service, but I, I do sort of wish that... Um I do sort of wish that online check-in was not required. I absolutely to, agree. Like, I, I I, guess, I understand Nintendo wants to make sure that you have a, an active membership in order to, like, play that content. Um, and so I'm not sure what the what a good workaround is with when you keep that in mind, that that's, like, the, the limitation here. But, uh, right. but yeah, I, it, it does kind of suck that, like, you know, if I was ever off the grid... I don't I don't even know when that would be. But when if you're I, on a plane? Well, yeah, I guess that's fair. If you haven't done an online check-in like in the airport before you board that's or something, yeah, then, yeah, yeah. then yeah. I usually remember to do that. Um, but I mean, yes, it's the kind of thing that could definitely catch you off guard. And actually the way that the Switch handles um like having your home console and then having a secondary console mm-hmm. is similar as well. Because I know we have a Switch and a Switch Lite and uh, Colleen took the switch light on her trip that she was on last week on the plane. And I had to tell her to, uh, log on to the airport Wi-Fi before takeoff and, yeah. and make sure it pinged and that she was able to like play whatever she wanted to play that way. Because all of that, all of that software is downloaded to the switch light. Yep. But it's ownership is logged as being on our main switch console. Yep. Which is so, the OLED. So that's exactly, so I sold my old switch to my girlfriend and she plays animal crossing almost exclusively. And unfortunately we didn't know this, but unfortunately before, uh, she was the owner of said console. She had animal crossing under my profile and animal crossing apparently does not have cloud save data. So we can't like transfer ownership of that around. So anytime she wants to play animal crossing and that's now my secondary console, I have to like go on airplane mode. So it's not fighting with itself. And so that's kind of frustrating. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, nobody has ever been able to accuse Nintendo of, uh, have having a, um, a coherent online structure. Yeah, user-friendly <laughs> online services. No, that's that's definitely their weakest area, I uh, think. Yeah, it's unfortunate. I mean, and it's just something that I really hope that they get resolved, especially if they, you know, whatever their next console is, I got to believe it's some kind of beefier version of the Switch. Um, and if they continue doing their back catalog the way that they currently do, then, I mean... Uh, yeah, I, I think that I think it's something that they're going to need to refine. That's actually an, an interesting question. I kind of want to take two seconds to talk about um, is do you think Nintendo is going to have another console generation or do you think they're just going to continue on upgrading the switch because they've struck like 
platinum, not even gold. They've struck platinum with this. Like it is the, it's almost the perfect game console when it comes right down to it. Like it's easy to travel with. It can play most any game that most other mainline consoles can play. The only thing you're missing out on is like your FPSs, there's which some, Nintendo's never done. There's some big caveats to what you just said, but well, I, I, mean, I agree you, in substance. Yeah, like you, you're missing out on FPSs, generally speaking, right? Like you can't play your Call of Duties or your Halos or like anything that is really like a shooter, but almost any Nintendo game that's ever existed, you can play on the Switch. And you can carry it around with you in your backpack and it has amazing graphical fidelity with the OLED version. It's got great battery life better than any DS that I can remember. But just to clarify, you're, you're, you're not suggesting because this, because the switch is basically an exclusives machine. Well, so, but almost all Nintendo consoles right, are but, exclusive but, but, machines. But I'm just, I'm saying, I'm making sure I'm being clear on your point. You are not saying that you think the switch could be a good platform as just like your main console. No, 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 no. I mean, I think so to me, Nintendo consoles are always the alternate or secondary console and are used exclusively for Nintendo exclusives. Like I don't play anything on this switch that I can't play mainline on my Xbox except like nice old Republic because the switch port for nice old Republic is better than the Xbox port because it's just the Xbox OG game just in Xbox one, which sucks. Right. So like that's, that is what Nintendo is. That's what they've done. Their entire life as a company is you play Nintendo games on a Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that with, with what the switch is and what Nintendo is as a company, those things like marry together so well, I have a hard time imagining what, a new console generation would look like. I've wondered about this recently because I think one of the things that has made Nintendo so unique is that every new console that they've come out with, there's been a, a, a gimmick, right? And I say gimmick and I know that that sounds pejorative, but like it is, it's true, right? I mean, like, especially once you get past the Nintendo 64, I mean, the NES and SNES were groundbreaking, right? For they, sure. They were all about mass market game consoles one of which was 8-bit and then they pushed the graphical fidelity up to 16-bit and that was that in that way they were all about performance right right but then and then the n64 comes out and you've got your first mass market uh 3d console actually i say that i don't know if the n64 came out before the playstation or not um Either way, Google knows, it was, but we it don't was, do research on this podcast. Yeah, it was Nintendo's entry into the 3D market. Um, and I guess that's true of the GameCube, too. They also the GameCube, I think, was the last time that they really tried to push something that didn't have a, a big gimmick behind it. it <clears> was, and, and push the, it was all about graphics and performance. Right. Yeah. And, and it yeah. was hard drive space and memory cards. And but that's know. one reason that the GameCube didn't do well, because it, it was existing in a space alongside the Xbox and the PlayStation 2. It was just worse superior, at all of those things. Yeah. Yeah. They, like those things all had superior you know, hardware and graphical power. And on top of that, the GameCube had the Nintendo issue of its, yeah, it being basically an exclusives machine. Um, right. Stuff just didn't come out for it the same way. So after that, you know, you have the Wii, you've got the DS, you've got the Wii U, you have, you know, you've got the Switch. Um, and those all had 
a gimmick. They all had highly specific Nintendo things with the switches with the switches being it's uh, it's convertible nature. Right. Right. But the thing is, I think you're right. Now the switch has basically struck gold. People have kind of a switch lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, like um, people who are big switch players, they that like, that's a big part of their gaming life now. And I feel like on the one hand, Classic Nintendo would go create an entirely new console that exists around a new central gimmick, and they leave behind a lot of what they did on the Switch, including software ownership is another, you know? Yeah, that's that's kind of the danger, right? And what I think is most telling for the switch being the future of nintendo is that they have been able to combine their handheld line with their console line they're no longer releasing iterations on the ds or the game boy along with iterations on their console hardware they have combined them into one and the same and so it's more efficient from an operations perspective it's cost savings and you're no longer trying to sell people on two consoles every other year right and so like the switch just hits nintendo's all of it hits all of nintendo's high points and i i just have a hard time imagining what it would look like without the switch honestly yeah so we'll see what happens i personally am of the opinion that the switch will be the status quo like the switch style of gameplay will be the status quo for nintendo uh for quite a while and i kind of I, I hope that that is the case um, because I think that they they have really landed on something good there. And yeah, I don't know. I, I hope that they don't abandon it in favor of just trying to do something completely original and take a huge gamble. Like, yeah. And that makes me a, a little sad to say because it's kind of classic Nintendo to do that. But I just think that they've they've gotten to a really good place with this and it doesn't make sense to abandon it wholesale at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we'll they see. I think they've done really well and as much as I love Nintendo for their um innovation um I think they've just hit such a good thing it's hard to hard to get away from that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think that'll do it for the intro this week. Let's go ahead and get into some housekeeping and then we'll jump into our main topic of the episode. How's that sound, Matt? I think that's a good idea. We've done a lot of preamble this time around. We have. We have indeed. If you didn't know, Sacred Realms is a weekly re-examination of The Legend of Zelda one little slice at a time. Sacred Realms drops every Wednesday and is available on all major podcast networks. Every week we play a new section of a Zelda game and then we sit down here to talk and to drop our hot takes. If that sounds fun to you, please head over to Apple Podcasts, hit that subscribe button, and be sure to leave us a review. Five-star reviews are greatly appreciated, and they have a chance to get a shout-out here on the show. If you want more Sacred Realms in your life, head over to patreon.com slash sacredrealmspod to get access to our Discord channel, listener mail, vote on what game we play next, and much more. Additionally... One of the benefits that Master Sword patrons and above get is that every week we read their names on the show. Those legendary individuals are Dylan, Allie, Lennon, Leviticus, Kolku, Rowan, Joshua, Nick, keep it going, Dante, Gep, with a with a hard G. It's a hard G there. <laughs> yeah. Mary, Brittany, Davey, Haru the Mighty, the originator of our Discord. Yep. Thank you, Haru. Thank you, Haru. You're the best. You're great. Derek, Albert, Mark, Andy, Cameron, Tyler, Ben, Daniel, Nick D underscore TV, Travis, Christian, Jonathan, Hyrule Interviews, a.k.a. Max Nichols, Garrett, and Drew. 
You all are truly legendary. We could not make this show without your support. Thank you so much. And uh, now we can officially say that we look forward to interacting with you all on the Discord channel. Absolutely. Well, that brings us into the main topic of this episode. Uh, The Sacred Realms Rundown will be taking a break for this week. It will return next week. Uh, As this is a bonus episode, we are going to introduce a main topic, and then we're going to cover that. Matt, would you like to restate the main topic of this episode before we get into it? The main topic of today's episode is create your own master mode with the games that we have already played, starting with Ocarina of Time and working in chronological order of the games we have played. Uh, and doing our own rule set. We are going to do as much as possible uh, as little riffing on the already established master mode. So, you know, most of the master modes are deal less damage, take increased damage, no heart drops, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, that may creep in here and there, but we are doing our absolute best to be creative and original in our idea thoughts. Yeah. Definitely. So we're going to go in order of the games that we've already played. And I think of all of these, except for Link to the Past, which doesn't have a master mode, or at least not an official one. Um, you, How many of these have you played, Matt? Uh, I have played... Any of them? I've played all of them, except for uh, Link's Awakening. Okay, cool. Did you play Skyward Sword in, in master mode this I last did. time? On yeah. the Wii. Not, no, I, you can't on the Switch. Oh, because you have to you beat, have to the beat it and yeah. then do master mode, yeah. but I played it on the Wii. Okay. Yeah, good stuff. And you have, of course, played Breath of the Wild in Master Mode as well. Uh, of course. And it's not always called Master Mode. It's Hero Mode, Master Mode, whatever. It, it changes. So let's go ahead and get right into it. Let's start with Ocarina of Time, the first game that we played. I'm going to go ahead and read uh, what exactly goes into each game's version of Master Mode, Hero Mode, whatever, uh, before we get into this, uh, just so everybody has context into you know what you can actually already go and experience in that version of game. For Ocarina of Time, we have got The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time Master Quest. In the original version, uh, the most notable feature is that every dungeon in the game has been modified to increase its difficulty, has different layouts, uh, different challenges, different um, collections of enemies. Um, Let's see... Uh, I've got this article up from Zelda.Fandom.com. It says, Enemies are spread differently throughout the dungeons, and tougher enemies are encountered much earlier than in the regular version of Ocarina of Time. Uh, some Gold Skulltula locations in the dungeons have been moved, and certain items that are optional in the original version of the game are now mandatory to complete the game. Um, also, the uh, 3D version of Master Quest is just a little bit different. In addition to all those other things, the overworld map, or I guess the entire the entire game, is mirrored from what it is in regular Ocarina of Time. Yes. So uh, so Link is right-handed. Um, you know, if you kind of, if you come out of Kokiri Forest in the original game and you head off to the right to go to Hyrule Castle, in Master Mode, you would head off to the left, for instance. Yep. So I can, I can only imagine that that creates a really weird, like, especially for people like us who have so much, like, sensory memory of that version of Hyrule where you've basically memorized the entire game yeah, front it, to back it has, it has got to be so disorienting to play it that way yeah for real you know um so yeah that and then in addition uh let's see in addition to the game being mirrored all of the enemies and bosses will cause twice as much damage to link which was not a feature of the original master quest and notably is present in most hero modes or master quests going forward from here so I think that that's mm-hmm. interesting. There's no straight difficulty level up in the original one, but in the 3D version there is. 
That is actually very interesting. So there you go. That's what we have to work with there. And uh, Matt, I'm going to let you go first. Um, let's each let, let's maybe each state a a rule that is pretty close to what I, I, like not too outside the box, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. A, and then we'll each do one that is pretty wild. For sure. Sound? So I would say not too outside the box is um, removing warp abilities via Ocarina. So you can no longer just warp from the Temple of Time directly to uh, the Fire Temple. You got to truck your way back there. I think that that would be, uh, I think it would extend the gameplay out. And that's going to play into my secondary thing, which uh, I'm going to throw in there in the second round but uh that becomes a boring mechanic without the secondary mechanic so i want everybody to keep that in mind um i think that the the warping in ocarina of time can really shorten that game a lot um and i think it is a byproduct of having a mostly empty overworld um especially like the hyrule field there's not a lot of enemies you're mostly just kind of wandering so um yeah that would be my first one Okay, so mine actually was not too dissimilar from yours, but I have a little bit of an addendum onto it. I think no warping for sure. And the one thing that I think this would really do for the game that would make it definitely harder and more time intensive, but also would make it much more important to get Epona mm-hmm. as early as possible. Yes. Is no no warping with Ocarina songs. I still want the songs that you learn for each dungeon to matter. To do something. So yeah. I'm thinking no no warp songs, but each dungeon song can be used once per dungeon entry. So like when you go into a dungeon and you're in there, mm-hmm. you can only do this once, right? And then if you want to do it again, I guess you would have to like go out and come back in or something. I guess that'd be a way to cheese it. But um, playing the song gives you three hearts. Oh, that's actually kind of fun. Yes. And in addition to that, I think no hard drops. Well, I, I so yeah. I think we should probably just state this up front. The but that was not a that was not a feature. Of oh, you're right. Master that's Quest. not a feature of the, this Master Quest. Oh, good call. Good you call. Still, good call. You still get hard okay. drops in in both versions of Ocarina of Time Master Quest. So I'm saying no hard drops at all. You know, potions and fairies and bottles and the whole thing. But also. Uh, the songs then become useful to once per dungeon give you a three heart top off. You cannot use them to warp anywhere. Um, you've got to use you've got to either travel on foot or travel via, via Epona. Epona. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think that that would be a really good one. Um, I think, oh geez, what would be what would be another fun one? Hmm. I think that any time that you use. Well, hold on. Are you going into your second round? I thought we were going to do like a back and forth here. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, let's do it back and forth. That's fine. Okay. Yeah, let's do it back and forth. Okay. So that's, so that's my first one. No, no warp songs. Dungeon songs give you extra hearts. That's what I got. Got it. I love it. Um, so my second one, in addition to zero warp songs is, um, a lot more enemy density in the overworld, but the trade off for that is enemies actually like drop more than just rupees. So like something that you can kind of run into in Ocarina of Time is like you end up with just full rupees all the time, but you may be running low on bombs or arrows. Yeah. So like defeating an enemy with a sword will drop like an arrow or a bomb and then defeating them with a bomb will drop magic meter or an arrow or like, you know, you where you're kind of trying to item manage a little bit by oh, so how like you a, defeat enemies so like an old school destiny thing where you know you have to kill them with special ammo to get, so heavy. To get it. exactly yeah <laughs> so you, it's it's both ammo economy and enemy density um which i think could 
generate some pretty good usefulness in the overworld and like maybe even uh, some hard enemies drop in in the overworld that can give you really good stuff. Like, I don't know, uh, maybe if you defeat a large Poe, it drops a couple fairies that you can pick up with bottles or something like that. Like uh, something to give you an incentive to actually spend some time in Hyrule Field or in uh, uh, the Death Mountain approach or something. Okay, cool. Or, or, uh, or like in Gerudo Valley. Yeah. Maybe yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Okay. And like region specific enemies are really cool too to me. Like in uh, Death Mountain Approach, you have the red, uh, what are they? Tick ticks? Tick tack? Tikes? Tech tights. Tech tights. You have the red tech tights. Maybe they are like immune to fire arrows or something. And then when you go into Gerudo Valley and a lot of those enemies are uh, like a little hardier or something. So yeah, I mean, just like scaling enemy difficulty on top of that. So all of that leaning into uh, a little more combat heavy focus on some of these, uh, I think combat was one of the areas that was kind of lacking in Ocarina of Time in the overworld. The dungeons were really good for enemy density and combat, but the overworld felt pretty sparse to me. Definitely. I'm actually going to record these while we're talking about them so that I can like read them that off. At the actually end of that actually is a yeah. very good idea. Okay, we cool. probably should have done that. Yeah. When you say enemy density and scaling, do you mean that the enemies are hardier the longer that you go in the game? Yes. Okay. So like in Breath of the Wild, where if you wipe out a mob, a Bokoblin camp and then come back to it after a blood moon, they're now a level up. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. So for my second one, I'm going to say Arrows are not discoverable in the world or dungeons. You have to buy them Ooh. from stores or from Deku merchants in dungeons because ah, those fun because those are already there. That's true. And then and you hardly ever use Deku merchants in the dungeons. Like I can't remember a single time I've ever bought anything from a Deku merchant. Yeah, and you know what? I could even I could even put this forward to say no drops of any kind, like no arrows, no magic. Like I don't know about magic, but arrows and bombs does make sense. I think magic is a little harder. Well, okay. So then, how about how about like weapons? So no, no arrows, bombs, or bomb shoes, Deku sticks. Oh, Deku seeds makes sense. Yeah, I think Deku seeds make sense when you're not in the forest because Deku seeds and sticks come from Deku Babas and um, Deku sprouts. So. Those still make a little bit of sense there, but outside of the forest, like getting Deku sticks in the well, desert or in Death Mountain so doesn't make any not, sense. Not, not sticks. I'm not saying sticks. Oh, okay. I'm just saying ammo for, <clears throat> so no, basically no bombs, no bow ammo, and no slingshot ammo outside of what you purchase. Got it. Okay. I like it. I can, I can dig it. What next? Let's see. Um, hookshot no longer stuns enemies. It just drags you towards them. Does it? I know that it stuns it, most enemies. I know that it does do that. I guess I just never really use it that way. I feel like in Ocarina of Time, it, it mostly just kind of makes a burp na- noise and doesn't like do much. You know, <laughs> fair enough. Mm, let me see. Then let me think of a different one. I think I want to. I want to steal one thing from Master Quest, which I thought was a really great addition. Was the increase in difficulty and change in layout of the dungeons? Like I thought that was really fun, just because. I've played Ocarina of Time so many times that I can literally do almost any dungeon by memory. So having them change that up to make you actually rediscover everything was really fun. So I want to keep that. Okay, that sounds good. For my third one, I'm going to say only two bottles drop in game. 
Oh, that would be so hard because you're going to have to rely, especially if you keep the no heart drop thing, you're going to have to rely on potions and fairies the whole time. Yep. So, man, that would be so difficult. Mm, fun. Cool. Yeah, I think I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, so do you want to try and do a just a, a totally wild now there one? for Ooh, this like yeah i mean i'm just talking um, about like I, something because we're kind of staying within the established systems of the game right now and i'm just thinking something that would like it, I, it doesn't necessarily need to break the mechanics of the game Ooh, i've got one but it but just something that would be really out there i've got one what as adult link ganondorf can ambush you at any point in the game like and but you can't kill him you just have to drive him off or survive his attack so like unless you're in a dungeon so say you're in the overworld, because I always felt like Ganondorf was a hands-off enemy who was just like sending minions to kill you. But I think it would be kind of cool if you're just wandering around Hyrule Field on Epona and then all of a sudden like Ganondorf or maybe even like Phantom Ganon again. Something like really challenging and like very directed like came at you to try to stop you in your quest. And it was getting Ganondorf more hands-on involved instead yeah. of Puppet Master involved. I'm just thinking, like, yeah, I think that's so tough because I think the way that they have, like, like the way bosses work in that game, I don't know if you could just, ha like, have one just, like, hanging around mechanically. Yeah, I guess I guess that's fair. Because all you need to fight off Ganondorf other than the light arrows, and I'm not saying this, it would be just a repeat of Ganondorf's final fight. Like, it would be just him coming to attack you and you just have to drive him off with sword hits or arrows or something, but he's going to be tough and he's going to be relentless in his attack. Like yeah. I'm not saying that you go full on boss fight, um, but you do have some kind of ambush showdown. So I'm thinking really along the lines of twilight princess, when you fight the Bokoblin King and you're doing the uh, running around or riding around Hyrule field until you damage him enough to then do like a showdown on the bridge, like something like that I think would be really fun. In Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see that. I think it's so it's so weird because to me, even like Phantom Ganon is like it's so like that fight is so reliant on the whole like painting thing that happens, you know, and it would be a little weird to, to fight him without that. I think what would be really cool is if like what if it was geez, I don't know. What if uh, what if Redeads spawned infinitely in in the overworld. Ooh, that night. would be terrifying. Like Redeads just infinitely spawn in the Hyrule overworld. Like imagine like you know how consistently levers spawn in, in Gerudo Desert? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just Redeads popping up out of the ground to come get you. Yeah, exactly. Instead of so like in when you're young Link, it's the the Stalfos do that, right? Not Stalfos, what are they? Stall kids. Yes. The Stall kids yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, 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 but, yeah. In, but when you're adult Link, it's yeah. Redeads. Yeah. Ooh. Spoopy. That is spoopy. I love it. Which one okay, which one do you want to go with? Ganon or Redeads? Both? Okay. I thought we were each making our own game. Oh, I'm still gonna go. I'm still gonna come. Okay. You know what? I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. <laughs> Here we go. Ganon. Parentheses, or maybe Redeads. <laughs> Oh, that sounds like a fun game. Spawn infinitely in the Hyrule overworld. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you go. 
Oh man, that's seriously. Imagine like being in in Hyrule Field at night, and then the Redeads are just like coming out of the ground. Oh. They're coming out of the ground, man. Especially when you can't fast travel and you have no way to like get, <laughs> like quickly get away from yeah, them. I was gonna say you're like oh, until you have yeah. a pony, you know, you're just walking, and so ah, uh, that would be terrifying. Oh, so much fun. Okay, so my wild one is. Hmm. Every time you take damage, you lose five rupees. Whoa, really? Yeah. That's kind of interesting. It's it's almost like you're wearing the magic armor from Twilight Princess the whole time. Except you get no benefit. <laughs> <laughs> you're not immune to damage. You just lose five rupees in addition to the heart. <laughs> you masochist. And that's kind of what I want to go with. My only thing is that, like, I'm trying to think if there's any justificate like it, would that actually create a more difficult game experience for ocarina of time i guess i guess in a game where you're having to buy all of your arrows bombs deku seeds potions etc mm-hmm. 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 in addition to whatever you would already be using rupees on and remembering that you were capped at 99 or 200 or 500 depending on which wallet you have yep I actually feel like that could be a bit of a pain because in the that would also really force you to do the golden sculptural quest to get the larger wallets. Okay, and yeah, yeah I like that one. That's yeah. fun. Every enemy hit subtracts five rupees. Okay. Wow. Okay. Woo! I feel pretty good about those. Those are that's a that's a fun game right there. I know. Okay. It's a hard game. It's a hard game. <laughs> okay. So uh, so just to reiterate. Ocarina of Time, Make Your Own Hero Mode, Sacred Realms Podcast Edition. For Lyndon, I have got no heart pickups, no warping. Songs give you three hearts once per dungeon. No arrow, bomb, or Deku seed drops. You got to buy them, uh, either in shops or from Deku scrubs in dungeons. Only two bottles drop in the game, and every enemy hit subtracts five rupees. Love it. All right, so Matt has no fast travel. Increased enemy density and enemy difficulty scaling in the uh, everywhere in the game. Yep. But also better rewards from defeating enemies. Yes. And does yours subscribe to my whole no drops thing as well? Or is that not necessary? No drops, like no heart drops? No arrow. No, because that, that, oh, negates, uh, okay. the, uh, that negates the ammo oh, okay. economy. Right, right, right. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, number three, keep changed dungeon layout from Master Quest. Pretty self-explanatory. Number four, Ganon, or maybe Redead, spawn infinitely in the Hyrule overworld. <laughs> <laughs> Why not both? <laughs> Okie dokie. That sounds punishing in the best possible way. Okay, uh, so do you think that that puts a cap on Ocarina of Time for us, Matt? I think it does. I think we've both made some good games, although I have to say I actually like your I'm going to keep mine because I'm not going to just riff off yours. I'm going to keep mine. But I like your buying the ammo types of bombs. I like that a lot. That's really that's a really good ad. So kudos to you. You win a point on that one. Oh, Matt gave me a point. You get a point. Man. It means nothing and is redeemable nowhere. But you got a point. <laughs> it's uh, it, it made my heart happy. Okay, so let's move on to the second game that we played, which is Link's Awakening. All right. Let me get my list pulled up here. So uh, I'm going to go first on this one since you went first on the last one. Yes, you go. Okay. Um, hmm. Dungeon rooms are unilluminated upon entry. Ooh. And you have to light torches. That's going to make you use the lamp the whole time. 
No, this is link, Link's Awakening. Oh, Link to the link, so magic, Lamp is magic Link powder. to the Past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Magic yeah, Powder. Yeah. Magic Powder. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So I don't know if I want to say all dungeon rooms, especially. Well, I guess you get the magic powder before you ever go into a dungeon because <laughs> mm-hmm. you have to turn Terran from a raccoon back into Terran. Correct. So, yeah. Again, I'm not going to say all dungeon rooms, but even if like. Even if every dungeon had like 50% of its rooms dark upon entry. That would be really fun. And you had to like light torches in there. Yeah, that would be cool. Okay. I like that. Uh, Let's see. Dark dungeon rooms. Okay. All right. Matt, your first pick for Link's Awakening, make your own hero mode. No blue or red armor at all. So blue armor is a given from the Ice Palace dungeon. Red armor is given from the final dungeon. That's that's still a link to the past. Oh, I'm thinking it's a color dungeon where you yeah. get them in Link's Awakening. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, could you get the blue or red armor in a Link's Awakening outside of? No, but we've only played. I've like only we, played the Switch played version. played the Switch yeah. version. Yeah. Um, Hmm. That's the only way I've ever played Link's Awakening. So okay. I, I never have played a game without. I never have played Link's Awakening so without blue. So or here's red. the question that I have. Yes, I think that that is a good rule, but it does require some kind of restriction to damage output or like input. I guess if it's right. if it's going to actually matter. Okay, fair, right? fair, fair, fair. But that's okay if you want to make the, if you want to bake that into your rule. There's nothing saying like I think that generally speaking, can we can we just adopt a rule for this whole thing? That every, the damage output and input is every is, every game we're doing. We are taking it for granted that you do half damage and receive twice damage. Yeah, I think that's fair. Okay, that's fair. Cool. Fair, 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 fair. Okay, so blanket rule: every single version of the game that we're making right now, you deal half damage, you receive double damage. And so, with that being said, Matt says no blue or red tunic from the color dungeon or anywhere okay no blue or red tunic cool all right okay uh number two for me i'm gonna go with bomb timer is halved so you can't just like hold on to them for a long time and then throw them well, no, like after you drop one, you have half the amount of time to get out of its blast radius. Ah, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or how about this? Bomb blast radius is doubled. So the likelihood of you hurting yourself with your own bombs is increased. Especially with that uh, double damage, that can be uh, pretty catastrophic. Yeah. Which would apply to the blast. Absolutely. Okay. Bomb blast radius is doubled. All right. Number two for you. No boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that makes it a 50% harder game. All on <laughs> You're, really? What does that say, though? Like, yeah, really? Hey, no boomerang. The reward you get from completing the item trading no. quest is just... A larger quiver, I guess. We'll go with that and just make it at least somewhat rewarding to still do the item trading quest. Ooh, how about this? Reward from the trading quest is you get bomb arrows mm, as, mm-hmm. a, as a part of your inventory, but can only hold five. 
I think that's fair because otherwise you have to have bombs and arrows equipped in both spots. Yes. I think that's fair. Yeah. And and increased blast radius still applies to the bomb arrows. Yeah, so you just can constantly wreck yourself on accident. Oh, but that was my rule. That wasn't your rule. <laughs> yeah. Still, okay. I like I like it. Okay. Yeah, it's it's better than larger quiver. No yeah. boomerang plus item trading quest gives you inventory bomb arrows max capacity five love it see i'm not as good as the top down so i'm glad you're here to help me uh pad these out a little bit okay number three for me i'm gonna say hmm. <laughs> this is kind of like a weirdly specific one but in a dungeon five catfish's maw yes master stalthos throws bombs at you Ooh, that's fun, especially with the double, uh, with the increased blast radius. Yeah. <laughs> Master Stalfos throws bombs at you. Love it. Cool. All right, what's number three for you, Matt? Okay, how about this? After you get the ocarina, Chain Chomp can sometimes get loose and attack you unless you pacify him with a song. <laughs> oh i kind of like that like every now and again you'll just hear music and chain chomp comes in off the side of the screen he's like chasing you yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) okay that's that's actually bow wow in links yeah bow wow that's right bow (laughs) (laughs) bow wow gets loose (laughs) and chases you must be pacified with the ocarina Okay, and that's only like that's like a random thing that happens sometimes in the overworld. Yeah, right? exactly. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. Never cool. in never in a dungeon. Okay, okay. So let's. Okay, number four. This one is going to be our kind of crazy, like really out there one. Oh, here we go. All torches in all dungeons fire fireballs at you. Oh, even the so when yours when you have to light them. Yep, they still finish <laughs> yeah. shoot at you. Oh, yeah, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> All torches in all dungeons fire fireballs or shoot fireballs at you. Man, that would be a pain in the ass. That would suck. But in my version of the game, that would make it double important to get the blue armor. That would be a a great incentive to get the the blue tunic from the colored dungeon. it, It would indeed. All right, for me, ooh, this one's just going to make this game hard. Ooh, actually, you know what? I want to amend mine. Oh, okay. Because I think that that would actually be a little too punishing. Okay. I'm going to say anytime a keys touches you, it's like when a blue bubble touches you in Majora's Mask. You can't use any weapons or offensive powers for Oh, for like a for 20 seconds yeah. or something. Okay, that's fair. Less punishing, yes. Okay. Anytime a keys touches you, you are disabled for 20 seconds. Love it. Cool. All right. Number four for you. For me, it would be, man, people are going to really hate this one. The Rock's Feather has a cooldown timer. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that sounds horrible. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Rock's Feather has... A cool down timer. How long of a timer? Uh, let's just call it three seconds. 
Oh, yeah, do better than that. Seven. Seven seconds. And I'm basing that off of uh, Icarus Dash cooldown timer in Destiny 2. (laughs) Okay, that's that's fair enough, I suppose. Um, Okay, cool. So, Link's Awakening, our make-your-own-hero mode. This is mine. Number one, dark dungeon rooms. Torches have to be lit in order to see where you're going. Uh, Something like 50% of the rooms in all dungeons. Number two, bomb blast radius is doubled, and the double damage increase... Uh, carries over from that, so you're hurting yourself with bombs way more often. Number three, Master Stalthos throws bombs at you in Catfish's Maw. <laughs> and number four, anytime a keys touches you, you are disabled for 20 seconds. Cool. Love it. Matt, your four rules for Link's Awakening are, one, no blue or red tunic. Two, no boomerang, and the item trading quest gives you inventory bomb arrows. Max capacity is five. Number three, Bow Wow gets loose and chases you in the overworld. Must be pacified with the ocarina. Happens randomly. Number four, Rock's Feather has a cooldown timer of seven seconds. (laughs) And we do have some, we do have some not entirely serious replies in our Discord, but we said that we would read every Everything. So here you go, Cody. Uh, frequent guest Cody Davies was, uh, you know, kind enough to get in here and give us some suggestions. Cody says, Master Mode Link's Awakening, where you're being chased around the island by the egg. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a, a somewhat more terrifying version of Bow Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my now, my question there is, does the egg like destroy things as it goes past them? Does it flatten uh, the the village? Or the mountains, because that would kind of suck. The egg smashes t- uh, uh, Marin, and the game is incompletable. No, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it needs to fail. <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, awesome, okay. Cody. You uh, let's, goof. Uh, let's see. I think that was the only one. I think it's the only one for Link's, Link's Awakening, Awakening so far. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Cool. Okay. So that brings us to the end of Link's Awakening, our second game. Let's move on to the third game that we played, which is going to be a bit more of one for you, I think. Skyward Sword. <laughs> Skyward Sword. All right, Matt. We've been going back and forth, so I'm going to let you run this one first. Rule number one for Sacred Realms Pod Master Sword Hero Mode. Dang. What is the what's the hero what is the current hero mode for Skyward Sword? Oh sorry, I, I and actually did I forget to say what it you, was you for didn't, Link's Awakening? You didn't say what it was for Link's Awakening. Okay, Link's Awakening is just your typical half damage, double damage, no hearts, no fairies. Got it. Gotcha. So Skyward Sword's master mode is just a little bit more involved. Uh no hearts without medals. What? Uh, yeah, because you can get the heart medal, which yeah. makes them drop more frequently. No yep. hearts without using heart medals. Um, enemies do double damage to you. Stamina consumption is increased, which actually I didn't know that, and that was going to be one of mine. So. That sounds really terrible in the sand levels. Yeah, and I'm kind of wondering because it's very intentional how far much apart. stamina yeah, yeah because you like, run out of stamina wheel very consistently when going from like a solid block to a, another solid block during the quicksand parts so that's very interesting that they can get away with that yeah definitely um actually this is a really interesting one too it doesn't really make a difference as far as difficulty i don't think but uh, this said that skyward swords hero mode also serves as kind of a new game plus while virtually everything resets including hearts equipment and metals your treasures and bugs carry over well, that's interesting. I didn't know that. 
I didn't know that, that would either. make it would make item upgradability a lot easier. Yeah. Like in the beginning parts of the game. Yeah. Um, in addition, your Skyward Strike is more powerful in Skyward Swords Hero Mode. Well, you would kind of have to be if you're doing less damage because you're going to want to stay at a distance more frequently. Yeah. Mm. But that that's cool. I mean, a, a buff. Yeah, I know, love it. On top of a, a few nerfs and stuff. I love it. Okay. So, so one thing I think Skyward Sword has in spades is enemy density. Like, there's just a lot of trash mobs around. Um, what I think it kind of lacks in the beginning stages is difficult trash mobs. So I would turn... 50% of bow goblins into the electric bow goblins. Okay. Because that actually makes you utilize the directional striking more intentionally. They're the ones that have the little taser rod. Yeah, and things. if you and if you hit the taser rod it hurts you. Okay, cool. I like that. Matt, 50% of the goblins are electric goblins. Um for me, I'm going to say all enemies perform parries twice as frequently i love that i yeah. love that yeah so basically your average duel lasts longer longer for sure all enemies parry twice as frequently and i think it, that would also kind of play into one of mine that was gonna be uh having to utilize your shield parry more frequently other than just like spamming directional attacks um which i still like that but so i'm gonna go a little bit of a different way dungeons have um more enemies like the um the stalfos and i'm thinking to the twilight princess dark dark canuts um and uh, like i want an enemy in most every dungeon, maybe not every single dungeon, but especially in the later game dungeons where you're having to like actually engage in a sword fight. And it was less pronounced in Twilight Princess because you're just hitting B. But um, I think it would be really fun to introduce the Dark Canut into Skyward Sword to create an actual sword fight. Uh, I think it's just pronounced Dark Nut, by the way. That can go in our phonetics channel on dark. <laughs> is it dark knut or dark nut or dark night? I've, I've always pronounced it dark nut. Dark nut makes more sense, but dark knut sounds fun. Uh, dark nut. So I, I would introduce dark nuts into dungeons. Okay. Is so. And just to clarify, I mean, I have a pretty good memory of Skyward Sword, but that enemy does not currently exist in that game. No. Right. Okay. Cool. And how would the enemy behave? Much like the Stalfos, the the forearm Stalfoses that oh, right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. much yeah. like that, but it would be like a sword and a shield enemy, so they can also perform shield parries, uh, sword swipes, and you have to be directional. So the Dark Nut from Twilight Princess appears in dungeons. Yes, and I think that takes what is the best part of the boss fight against Demise, which is the real sword fighting aspect yeah. of it yeah. and translates that into dungeons. And obviously they're not going to be like demise level health or anything, but you have to okay. be intentional about fighting them the right way instead of just spamming sword swing. Sure. That makes sense. Okay. So here's mine. This one is actually probably going to be pretty punishing for people, but your shield, instead of having a shield meter, can take a certain number of hits. That was mine. Oh, great minds, great minds. But I said it first, so you got to think of something else. Uh, they take as many hits as they as corresponds to their upgrade level. So, for instance, if you have a level one wooden shield, you can 
it can take damage one time before it breaks. A level two wooden shield can take damage twice, and a level three wooden shield can take damage three times before it breaks. Well, what about the iron shield? Because its whole thing is that it's more durable than a wooden shield. I would say the iron shield's biggest thing is that it's uh, immune to, to fire. fire. Is so it still has kind of a niche there. The, so you would give it the same durability hit ratio wise. Yes. Okay. It would still level one iron shield can get hit once, level two twice, and level three three times. Okay. Um, but it still retains its you know base like cannot be damaged by fire or whatever. Got it. Um, the one that, that that this is difficult for is the, the goddess sacred. shield. Yeah, the goddess shield, the sacred uh, shield, because it has a health. It has like a damage regen mechanic. So I would say for the goddess shield, the way that this works is that the number of times it can take damage is doubled per upgrade level, mm-hmm. which makes the goddess shield much more desirable. So right. and so at level one, it still breaks after two hits because yes. you, you can tank one, but then yes. the second one breaks it. Yes. But when you get it to level two, it can take four four hits and then break on five. Yes. Got it. And then at level three, it can take eight. Does hits. it still regen anything or not? Every 20 minutes, it regens a hit. A hit. I like that. Yeah, I like that a lot. Okay. So all shields break in accordance with their upgrade level. Cool. All right, Matt, number three. Well, since you took mine, now I have to think of a different one. I'm really proud of that one. I'm really proud I, that we both thought of that, actually. That, I know, I that, that one's be, a lot of fun. I because that'd be really good. Because the, the shield mechanic in Skyward Sword isn't really all that punishing, because doing shield parries isn't that hard. Like, at least in my opinion, I don't know if anybody else would disagree but I, I don't think that shield parries are a necessarily challenging part of skyward sword I it's very them, forgiving yeah i recall them being a lot harder in the motion control version and a lot easier in the um that's fair in the but that's just because version. the the nunchuck had a weird like sometimes it would activate and sometimes it wouldn't <laughs> sometimes you get the waggle wrong yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. oh geez cody actually dropped one in the discord that i think would actually make the motion control version of skyward sword a lot harder but <laughs> But we'll get to that in a minute. Um, uh, I th- Cody, that jerk. Uh, he is. He is. He's a troll. Get he's, this. Get, he's trolling. Get this. Ocarina of Time, except you're under attack from a mysterious new race called the Giryudo, led by Navi. Rude. <laughs> Cody. This is rude. <laughs> we bring you on our show. And then you just make fun of us in Discord. We give you an interview on your show. <laughs> you just never really know who your true friends are. That's so true. Um, I would say that uh, the the fast travel points are like pretty much cut in half. So like when you're coming down from the clouds, there's like, I mean, there's like 10 different places you can descend from the sky into each location. Um, I would limit that to two in each of the main areas. So like for uh, the forest area, you would have the sacred grove or what's the hidden temple. Yeah. Yeah. Hidden temple. And then the um, deep forest. And so, like, that's pretty much it. Okay. So only two landing spots per region. Yes. Okay. That sounds good. Um, let's see. Number three for me, no automatic uh, sailcloth deployment. You can die on a uh, impact. <laughs> uh yeah yeah that would be yeah okay that's funny um oh here we go i got it Ooh, go for it all right skyward sword number three 
enemy movement speed in silent realms is doubled. Oh, that one sucks. <laughs> enemy <laughs> movement speed in silent realms doubles. I forgot about the silent realms. Oh, yeah, that would be terrible. Okay. Okay, that's my number three. And on to your number four, Matt, which, which is just your crazy. Absolute bonkers pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how do you turn the the imprisoned fights into something that's actually difficult? <laughs> you replace it with a different boss. Fair. Fair, fair, fair. Oh, He's got one. Instead of the kill me now section that we had, you have <laughs> to play through the two spiritual springs as Zelda. In like a stealth kind of way. Oh, to, that'd be to get, neat. To get Zelda to the spiritual springs. Okay. Okay. So replace kill me now, which... <laughs> Uh, by the way, was what was all contained in there? It was Tad Tones. It was Tad Tones. It, it was, was Lose Your Items lose your on item. Death Mountains. Uh-huh. And it was uh, the Thunder Dragon, but that was fun. Yeah, we liked the Thunder Dragon part. Just so, but but the th- but Zelda doesn't ever go to Lineru. So, except for to go to the Temple of Time, but she was accompanied by Impa. Okay. So replace Tad Tones and Losing Your Items with uh, playing as Zelda to get her to the Spiritual Springs. Okay, so I've got replace Kill Me Now with Zelda Dungeon Stealth Sections. Keep reviving the Thunder Dragon. Yes. Okay, cool. I really like that. That um, was fun. That actually sounds, that would actually, that would actually really uh, increase the investment that you have in everything Zelda goes through. Absolutely. As a character in that game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, because you I, just I, see yeah. it in the cutscenes at the in the credits, but if you like did it, that would be cool. That would be cool. I really like that. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with... All enemies in the overworld between dungeons mm-hmm. have to be cleared out in a certain span of time, otherwise they all revive. Ooh, I like that. That's fun. Okay. Like a more intense blood moon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, on, it's on like a 10 minute timer. And if you don't clear them all out, then. But do you have to clear them out? Because most places you don't have to. No, you do not have to clear them all out. But any that you have killed come back if you don't. Yep. Got it. Got okay. it. I so, like that. Cool. 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 Sacred Realms. Zelda Retrospective Podcast. Our <laughs> TM our, trademark. TM. Our hero mode for Skyward Sword is as follows. For Linden, I said all enemies parry twice as frequently. All shield uh, sorry, shields blah shields break in accordance with their upgrade level. Uh, can take one hit on level one, two hits on level two, and three hits on level three. Except for the goddess shield, which has its own uh, special set of properties. The Hylian shield is of course invulnerable. Because we love the Hylian shield. Yes, and of course, and also because I can't think of a way that you would be able, like the others, you would get, like you would have to spend economy stuff to regenerate the shield much right. more frequently. For sure. Yeah. I mean, um, I guess you could make the Hylian shield take like 20 hits, but that's basically invulnerable in right. Skyward Sword, yeah, yeah, so yeah. whatever. Okay. Number three, enemy movement speed in the Silent Realms doubles. And number four, all enemy revives, all enemies revive after a set time if you don't clear them all out in a certain area. Love it. For Matt, number one, 50% of Bokoblins are now replaced with electric Bokoblins. Number two, the Dark Nut from Twilight Princess appears in dungeons. Number three, 
only two landing zones per region. And number four, replace the Kill Me Now section with Zelda Dungeon Stealth sections. Keep the reviving the Thunder Dragon section because it was fun. It was fun. Okay. Uh, so the only thing we've gotten so far on the Discord is again from Cody, our uh, resident troll, who has said that Skyward Sword Master Mode is uh, the same except uh, Link becomes left-handed again. So when playing with the Wii controller, you have to swing your sword with your left hand. <laughs> He also said that the entire map is underwater because of the water dragon, but we're just going to ignore that one because it doesn't make any logical sense for the desert or the volcano. So, And it makes me want to tear my hair out just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I would never play that game ever. <laughs> Triple Tad Tones. Oh, God. <laughs> That's the ultimate kill me now section. <laughs> you have to clear a Tad Tone quest before every dungeon. I would rather die. You lose all of your items in the lead up to every dungeon. Golly. Ugh, gross. <laughs> no, it's so disgusting. I hate it. I hate it so much. Ah, okay. Link to the past. Let's fire this one up. Um, and I will go first on this one. Link to the past. Sorry, I'm getting my list written out here. Again, we're flying by the seat of our pants here tonight, guys. Yep, absolutely. And gals. And they thems. All the people. All the folks. Uh, then Matt, number one. Okay, so my number one for Link to the Past, this is actually one that I think you would hate, Matt, and I would even have some difficulty with, but I, I think I would I think I would enjoy it. Um, in dungeons, you lose a quarter of a heart every 10 seconds, but every enemy drops hearts. That's wild. Like, wow, that's like really hard, especially in the beginning dungeons. Wow. Okay. But and maybe maybe there's like more keys or something. That's fair. In each room. Yeah, like, some more trash mobs. Yeah. Okay. But uh, like basically, and maybe every 15 seconds is a little bit. I, I, I don't know. Every 30 seconds, like you're losing a quarter heart at the same rate that you would in a cold section of Breath of the Wild, right? But you get heart drops for every enemy that you defeat in a dungeon. Got it. And this does not take effect in boss chambers. The thing that makes this kind of tough is that A Link to the Past is so similar to Link's Awakening. In a lot yeah, of ways, it, it really is. Um, ooh. The magic rods, the fire rod and the ice rod, you really only need the fire rod to get into various temples. Right. Right. They're the one temple in Well, the and they still Haunted do other Woods. things. Right. I mean, I think, but. but introducing enemies specifically in each of the... Um, the the ice palace and in turtle rock that are only damageable via fire rod and ice rod so you have to get them now okay cool so because like the so let's say like wizrobe ooh wizrobe is a good one actually ooh, that is Wh a good one wizrobe is only damageable with the opposite element type so like in breath of the wild exactly well, I mean, it's not only damageable, but it's insta-killed in Breath of the Wild. But yeah, here you can only damage Wizrobe in the Ice Palace with a Fire Rod, and you can only damage Wizrobe in Turtle Rock with the Ice Rod. Okay. Ooh, good one. I really like that. So here's mine. Um, add an enemy to, I don't know about to every screen, but um, add enemies that can only be defeated with a spin attack. I like that. Yeah. Like a, uh, 
that's mostly how I kill the uh, the guys who look the same direction as you, and you have to like kind of back walk into them. Right. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 But add them in every. Yeah. Every but dungeon, I, at I, least. Yeah, but I'm thinking like, um, so in dungeons, add jumping Stalfos that can only be defeated with a spin attack. Yeah, I like it. Okay. I like it. So this is kind of a two-parter, but I'm going to go with both of it. No magic cape. Okay. And uh, medallions like Ether, Quake, and Bamos don't damage enemies. They are only environmental. Okay. Cool, I like that. Although, did you really use the medallions to do too much enemy damage in your playthrough? I used the Bamos medallion in some of the really heavily populated areas that had like a lot of Gibdos or something. And um, so like, it was really nice for those areas with those beefier enemies. But uh, other than that, not a whole lot. But still, I think it made those rooms that were originally really, really hard, just like, boom, just toss a Bombus medallion and you're done. Okay, cool. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to say, hmm, for my third one, oh, I had one. I had one. It, uh, I lost it. I lost it. Oh, hey, here it is. Moldorm shoots fireballs mm-hmm. during Moldorm mm-hmm. boss fights. Mm-hmm. Yep, 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 mm-hmm. yep, 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 yep. Doing it. No. Moldorm shoots oh. fireballs. You masochist. <laughs> I know. I'm terrible. Uh, okay. Number three for you. I mean, I know it's kind of a gimme, but I feel like removing fast travel really hurts you a lot more on this game than it does. But in that others. makes it impossible to get to one of the dungeons. You're right. You can't get to Misery Mire yep. if you don't do that. Yep. Um... What if we did ghosts were only damageable by bees? <laughs> <laughs> ghosts are invulnerable except for bees. Yeah, ghosts are only invulnerable except for two friendly bees that you capture. <laughs> that one just sounds kind of fun to me. I don't know why. Except for friendly bees. There we go. <laughs> okay. All right. Number four. Um, this is your wild one. This is my this is my wild one. This is my wild one. Oh, okay. Here it is. All Octorok shoot insta kill lasers. Insta kill lasers, really? Yep. Oh man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, you're the worst. Boom. All right, number four, Matt. All right, I need to look up a couple things. And by the way, I feel like Breath of the Wilds ones are probably going to be like the most like we're wild. <laughs> well, not wild, but like I feel like we have a lot more. I don't know, just interesting stuff that we can kind of do. There. Absolutely, the thief can steal any of your items, including your sword, shield, or bow. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, I like that. The thief can steal <laughs> any item. Okay, great. I like that. Okay, so for A Link to the Past, Sacred Realms Hero Mode, uh, for Lyndon, I said, number one, lose a quarter of a heart every 30 seconds in dungeons. Every enemy drops a heart. Number two, jumping Stalthos that can only be defeated by a spin attack are added in uh, large quantities to dungeons. Number three, Moldorm shoots fireballs. God, I hate you. Number four, all Octoroks shoot insta-kill lasers. (laughs) 
<laughs> Matt said, number one, enemies that can only be defeated by fire and ice rods. Wizrobes are only able to be defeated by opposite elements. Two, no magic cape. Medallions don't damage enemies, only environmental effects. Number three, ghosts are invulnerable except for friendly bee damage. <laughs> Number four, the thief can steal any item, including your sword, shield, whatever. And then do you just have to like go back to where you got it and get it again? Uh, no, you have to like try to get it back from him. So you got to like damage him because if you damage the thief, he drops whatever he stole, right? So you got to like... Gotcha. You got to use whatever you have left to you to get it back. Okay. And you got to chase him around if he stole your sword. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Like it. I'm on board with it. All right. Well, let's move on to the most recent game that we played, which is... Oh, hold on. There's a... What does our Discord say? Discord said... Uh, Cody, our imminent troll, link to the past, except you never receive a sword from your uncle at the beginning of the game. So you just have to go through the first dungeon sans sword. Okay. Thanks, Cody. <laughs> yeah, troll. Okay. All right. Breath of the Wild. So I'm going to go first this time. Number one, I'm going to go with... Hey, it's my turn. Oh, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Uh, so number one for me is turn Breath of the Wild into a survival game in uh, the same vein as some of the survival mods you can get in Skyrim. Uh, there are no meals that uh, give you uh, elemental resistance. Uh, you have to wear the proper clothing, and environmental damage is a lot more punishing. And you have to eat meals occasionally to maintain, like uh, in lieu of Red Dead Redemption 2. You have to eat meals to maintain health. You have to sleep every once in a while, uh, stuff like that. So turn it into a real, so, give okay. it real survival mechanics. Okay, so that sounds good. That's a really big one. I'm going to pull one element of that from mine and say... Meals can only be consumed while sitting at a fire. Oh, that's cool. I like that. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, I like that. Meals can only be consumed at a fire. Okay. Okay. Number two, Matt. Uh, number two is Lionel's roam the kingdom in the same way that Guardian Stalkers do. Because right now, Lionel's are very secluded to a singular area, and they don't really go beyond that area. Uh, I think it would be really cool to just occasionally kind of wander into an area where there's a Lionel patrol and then they attack you. Which would uh, maybe uh, which would maybe suggest that you could get in a situation where you're having to fight two Lionels at the same time. Yeah, that would be fun, wouldn't okay, it? Okay, yeah. That would be fun. Cool, yeah. It would be punishingly difficult. Very yes, punishingly would, difficult, yes. yes. it would be fun. <laughs> okay, um, I'm going to say... Enhanced bomb rune does not exist. I like that. Okay. What about also enhanced stasis rune? No, uh, okay, no enhanced runes. I think that's fair. Yeah. No enhanced runes. Got it. Yeah. Um, for me, guardians and any guardian cannot be damaged by any weapon that is not the master sword or an ancient weapon or an arrow to the eyeball or a redirected laser. So like you can only damage them with crit spot hits and I'm, I'm, ancient weapons. Sure. I think let's just say shield parry, ancient weapons, master sword. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. That's fair. And like, but yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Fair, 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 fair. Okay. Guardians can only be damaged by shield parry, ancient weapons or master sword. 
Okay. Um, I'm going to say stamina consuming weapon attacks consume twice the stamina. I love that because you can't spin to win as easily. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So stamina consuming spin attacks consume double stamina. Yeah, because spin to win really is kind of a a strategy in Breath of the Wild, right? It really is. I spin to win on most like the guardian turrets spinning to win is and and almost all Hinox just spin to win. Yeah. Yep, definitely. Okay. Number and four. This is four? Yeah. This is the bonkers one. Yeah, seriously. I mean, we we just kind of like ripped right through these. Jeez. There are so many fun ways that you could make Breath of the Wild more difficult. I Absolutely. Think, you know? During the Dark Beast Ganon fight, you have to fight, or you don't have to fight, but each of the four Blight Ganons appear during that fight. You can either ignore them and continue, to like just avoid them to damage Dark Beast Ganon, or you can kill them. If you have killed them previously, they're at half health. Cool. I like it. I like it. Okay, so here's what I'm... <laughs> okay, here's mine. Don't be a coward. Remove Revali's Gale. Ah, uh, I... <laughs> so actually, I was... Yeah, God, this is... This this makes me sad to even think about. I was imagining... Uh, rain instance is doubled. Oh! <laughs> Is you're basically just in the uh, the Faron woods constantly. Yeah, I was gonna say, and, and I was kind of considering like rain. It rain is permanent, but Rivali's Gale is intrinsic and has double charges or something. But like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> uh, that would be that would be no. Just, I don't think that too, would be fun. That oh, would be that would too, that would suck. That would be too punishing. That'd be way too punishing. Um, how about? Okay, well, so so for one thing, let's let's add an extra for Breath of the Wild. Does that sound good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. Okay, uh, I'm going to go ahead and actually adopt the Max Nichols style of play for mine, where I'm not even going to say no fast travel. I'm going to say only fast travel to Sheikah Towers. I think that's fair. Yeah. Okay. Well, I already blew my crazy one. Yiga Clan assassins can one hit you under any circumstance and appear twice as frequently. Yes, I love it. I love it. Because they're assassins, right? Like you would think that they would be a little more can intimidating and appear twice as frequently. So I would say that they appear twice as they appear as frequently throughout the whole game as they do after you complete the Yika clan hideout because they do appear really, really frequently. Yeah. In the back half of the game after you've completed Yika. Clan. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. That sounds good. Okay. So, so for my number five, all keys and Lazalfos in the game are replaced with their elemental counterparts. So there's nothing. Oh, that's cool. There's nothing but electric fire and ice keys and Lazalfos. That's kind of fun. <laughs> that's kind of fun. Yeah. Okay. I can get over that. Okay, cool. So, Breath of the Wild Hero Mode, as decided by Sacred Realms, is as follows. For Linden, number one, meals can only be consumed at a fire. Two, no enhanced runes of any kind. Three, stamina-consuming spin attacks consume double stamina. And I sh that should actually just be any attack. So, any stamina-consuming, so like whether it's a spear, 
a, a single-handed sword, whatever. They consume double stamina. Four, only fast travel to Sheikah Towers. And five, all Keese and Lizalthos are replaced by their elemental counterparts. For Matt, he says, number one, Breath of the Wild becomes a survival game, which, I mean, what all was included in that again, Matt? So it was um, meals don't give you elemental resistance. You have to wear the proper clothing. You have to sleep every once in a while, and you have to eat meals to maintain a healthy body. Okay, cool. Uh, Two, Lionels roam the kingdom like guardian stalkers. Number three, guardians can only be damaged by shield parry, ancient weapons, or the master sword. Number four, all four blight ganons appear during the dark beast ganon fight. And number five, Yiga assassins can one hit and appear twice as frequently. Love it. Well, there you go. I think those all sound like really fun games. Those, uh, those all do sound really fun. I have to say, I think our version of Link's Awakening probably sounds like the most fun. It, it does sound pretty fun. To just like play. That actually sounds like a really good time, just in general. So... Uh, our um one of our discord mods dante had a really good one that i I liked a lot it was it's kind of leaning into a fallout 4 version style of game um where the Terrytown quest is more prevalent you have to build uh like your own outpost and so you actually are like involved in the construction of the town uh so i thought that was really fun that does sound fun especially if like Especially if the amount of places that you can buy, like, let's say there's no beetle in the game. Yeah. And you can't buy arrows or uh, let's say there is still beetle, but he doesn't sell arrows. Yeah. Right. Or like useful things other than ingredients. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So then doing that quest actually becomes much more important because you run out of arrows so frequently. Mm-hmm. So you have to it, it incentivizes you to go through this whole upgraded Terrytown quest because then you have access to better shops and stuff mm-hmm. and you can you can like go there to buy arrows whenever you need them or something yeah i totally agree i think it would be really fun and i also think it would be fun if you expanded on that and allowed you to build outposts in other parts of hyrule like that would be i think that would be a lot of fun just is one of those things that I think RPGs like Fallout 4, which I didn't necessarily love, but that was one of the really main things that I loved about that game was being able to set up outposts in different areas of the world, build them up and create little strongholds. Um, And I I like that a lot. And I think it would have been a really good fit for Breath of the Wild. I would say there's even a cool (coughs) version of this where like stables don't have beetle. And towns don't have a store until you clear the divine beast. Yeah, and like spend some time upgrading them in some way, shape, or form, right? Yeah, Yeah. that would be really fun. Like, uh, you know, as soon as you unlock a Sheikah Tower, it's still kind of the wilderness, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And and you don't have the resources to like refill your arrows and stuff the way that you... Yeah, and I think it builds into the whole... like primary driver of the game, which is rebuilding the kingdom. So it it incentivizes you and and creates a mechanic through which you actually take part in that rebuilding. And I think that would be really fun. Yeah, definitely. And especially if like, I mean, when when we say no store, I mean, think about what that would mean for like the Rito section, right? Yeah. Where you can't purchase the snow quill armor. Which would suck for my version of the playthrough, but yeah. Right. Well, and but you would have to actually do like meals and potions and stuff to have cold resistance while you're in uh vomito but it, but in my playthrough meals and potions don't give you so like it, so in my playthrough the way that would work is you have to build that section of the world up before you go to the divine beast and like 
during the course of building that section of the world up, you're undergoing that difficult environmental damage and the difficult uh, aspect of living in the wilderness. And you're having to use campfires more frequently or carry a torch or a flaming weapon to keep yourself warm. And then after you build it up and uh, populate it, then you have access to the snow quill armor and then you have access to things that could give you intrinsic cold resistance. So it, it incentivizes you to actually 100% complete the game through uh, more difficult survival mechanics. And I think that gotcha. would be really cool. Yep. I like that. I like that. Good stuff. That was a really fun one. We have assembled a very punishing alternate version of all of these games. <laughs> like, Some of them are really hard. <laughs> gosh, we could have gone nuts like Link to the Past. All key shoot fireballs. Or, there, was, there was one I was thinking where like all all enemies shoot Master Sword laser beams. Oh, man. Like, oh, gosh. Anywho. Or it, Ocarina of Time, you can only time travel an X number of times. It would be like every every enemy encounter is like the Mothula fight in oh, man. Link to the Past. Uh, yeah, I hate that one. Uh, <laughs> that one sucks. The worst. Okay. Well, Cool. Matt, this has been a really fun discussion. Everybody, we really appreciate you indulging us in like this this aside as we just have a layover week between games. Um, this is the kind of thing we're going to need to do every now and again, and we appreciate that y'all uh, stay along for the ride with us. Um, really excited to get back into talking about an actual section of game next week. Matt, I'm very excited for you to jump into The Legend of Zelda. I think, uh, I think you and I are going to enjoy this journey just a little bit more than we were concerned that we were going to. Yeah, I'm, that, that's I'm, my suspicion. I'm very excited for it as well. I think a little bit of nostalgia dump is is always a fun time. So let's uh, let's get into it. Let's have some fun. Uh, join us next week as we embark on our first real episode for season six, and we're gonna have a lot of fun. And we're always excited for you guys to join in with us. Love it. Well, let's go ahead and do our outro. Get out of here for the week. Move on to uh, move on to new things. Let's do it. All right, y'all, if you enjoyed today's show and you would like a little extra Sacred Realms in your life, you can head over to patreon.com slash sacredrealmspod and become a patron if you've got no rupees. It is not a problem. Five-star Apple podcast reviews are a great free way to support us. More reviews means that more people see our show, and that makes us very happy Hylians. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at sacredrealmspod for updates on the podcast and for behind-the-scenes action. Sacred Realms will be back next Wednesday with our thoughts for real this time, on the introductory section of The Legend of Zelda uh, from the game intro through the first dungeon, which I think is subtitled The Eagle. We'd love for you to play along with us and to share your thoughts on our social channels. The Legend of Zelda can be played in a variety of places. It can be played on the NES Mini. It can be played on an actual NES. It can be played on the Game Boy Advance. It can be played on a variety of eShops. It can also be played most recently on the Nintendo Switch Online NES subscription, which is the version of the game that Matt and I are playing. But in the meantime, may your hearts be full. May your arrows never miss. We will catch you all next time. Sacred Realms is an independent podcast production, which is produced, edited, and mixed by me, Lyndon Willoughby. Our music comes from Zelda and Chill by Mikkel and is graciously provided to us by Mikkel in Game Chops Records. Zelda and Chill is available to stream on Spotify or to purchase directly from GameChops.com. Finally, our thanks go to Nintendo for creating such exceptional and innovative experiences.